So during the 4th of July when I was eating and drinking everything, were you guys also eating and drinking everything? Yeah. I started thinking about what's in my body. I was like, what's happening in my body? Like, what's going on? Um, you know, we have 7,500 body parts. Do you guys know that? 7,500. I thought we had like 103. I was like way, way off. We have 7,500 body parts. You know that, um, uh, that we can't even figure out exactly how many we have because we have so many. So it's right around 7,500. It's not exactly 7,500. I think that's crazy. Like when you think about what's in our body, and it, like we're not even counting like cells and like the water and everything else that's inside of us. This is just body parts. 7,500. We are so intricate. We're so incredibly intricate. Um, there are parts of us that people still can't quite figure out. All right? Like yawning. Why do we yawn? You were told what? What were you told? You were told that you yawn because you're trying to get more oxygen to your brain? You guys are all told that, right? That's not true. It's not. I just found this out. I did some research. That's not true. Um, if that was true... Like, every time we exercise, we'd probably be yawning the whole time, right? That should have tipped us off that that's not true. And so people don't quite understand why it is that we yawn. But they can't say this. If I yawned right now, what would you all do? Yeah, yeah you'd all yawn. Which is why I'm not going to do it. Because I, I don't need that. I don't need that right now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know what else? We blush. Nobody knows why we blush. There's no reason why we blush. Some, at some point like in our evolution, like blushing had to happen for a reason for something, but right now it doesn't have to happen, so nobody knows why. So all blushing really does is like create like a slightly awkward moment. Like people know we're embarrassed. Oh, you're embarrassed, you know? That's what it does. Nobody can quite figure it out. And then this one like really bothered me. Like, I don't know if it'll bother you too. You know that we don't have to go through puberty? We don't. Like, we can develop um, the things we need to develop without ever going through puberty. We can do that. Um, but for some reason, we have those two years where we become, like, emotional hellish jerks. <laughs> where, like, nothing makes sense, right? And everything is miserable. And uh, we do that. And we go through that. And there's no real reason for it. That's why it bothered me so much. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, 13 to 15, I'd, I'd, I don't want to do those again. <laughs> so we have this intricate body, right? 7,500 different body parts, like things that we can't even explain about our body. And it's this amazing thing. And so I wonder, like, why do I treat it so bad? Why do I treat my body so poorly? Why do I do that? Maybe you guys don't treat your body poorly the way I do. I, um, I generally will, will not pay attention to things I'm eating. I generally will not uh, pay attention to what I'm putting into it. So uh, I could be putting in chemicals. I could be putting other things into my body. And generally, I don't care. It's a little confession. Now, some of you might be going, you know what? I absolutely care about that stuff. I care a whole lot about what I'm putting into my body. But I don't like my body. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like this one part of it. I don't like the fact that it does this weird thing. I don't like the fact that people look at me when they look at me. They see this part of my body that's kind of odd or whatever. You know, I, th I think that, uh, that that's something that we don't like about ourselves. What else? Some of you might be going, you know what? I work out. I like my body. I take care of it. I, I eat well. I make sure that everything I do is, is great for my body. I make sure that, um, you know, I'm only eating locally sourced, you know, fair trade Brussels sprouts, and that's all I eat because those are the best. Let me ask you a question, okay? I'm happy. 
I'm really, really glad you do that, but let me ask you a question. Who are you worshiping then? Who are you worshiping? Our bodies. Oh, boy. There's some tricky things. They are tricky. They, they uh, tend to make us feel different ways, act different ways, and, uh, and live life with a certain idea or ideals, right? And we have these physical selves, 7,500 different body parts, and then we have our spiritual self. We have our spiritual side. Now, I talked about this last week. Who was here last week when I talked about the Greek word pneuma? Were you guys here when I talked about this Greek word pneuma last week? All right, the Greek word pneuma, it means breath, okay, but it has two different uh, parts to it. So you have your physical breath, okay? Now, your physical breath is, is what's been given to you. It's pneuma. And when you expire, your breath leaves you, right? So you have your physical breath. We talked about that. And then you have your spiritual breath. You have God breathed into you. Okay, when you're inspired, you're God-breathed into, okay? So you have this word pneuma, so we're made up of two parts. We have this physical part, and we have this spiritual part of us, okay? This part that can't, this, this part that can't really be analyzed, that can't really be um, observed, but I think we all would agree that we have it. It's, it's, uh, we call it a soul, or we call it a spirit, right? We call it something like that, okay? Um, what do we say? We say like, oh, you can take my body, but you can never take my spirit, right? We say things like that. We acknowledge that it is there, right? The spirit side of us. Okay, we, we, um, you know, we will say in some, you know, very difficult circumstances, we'll say something like, um, you know, that person, you know, they're, they're alive, they're breathing, and their heart's beating, but their spirit is gone. You know, we say stuff like that. They're not with us any longer. Their spirit's not there. And so, you know, we acknowledge the fact that we have this uh, unobservable, uh, this, this part of us that we're not able to analyze. So we're made up of these two parts, right? We're made up uh, of this physical part, and then we're made up of this spirit part, this God-breathed into us part. Now, what does that God-breathed into us part look like? That God-breathed into us part, it tells us in Corinthians that the Holy Spirit is within us. You know, I'll talk about this verse in a little bit, but this is actually pretty incredible when you think of God, okay? You have the infinite, uh, you know, mighty, amazing God, you know, that is able to do uh, uh, amazing and mighty and infinite things, and this God goes, you know what? I'm going to breathe into you. That means I'm going to live inside of you. I'm going to dwell within you. I'm going to work within you. The Holy Spirit's within us, and oh my goodness, that just seems like a lot. It seems like a big responsibility, because if the Holy Spirit's within us, then it might change the way I think and feel and look at my body and my health and who I am and the way I react. It might change a few things. So we're in this theology of series, right? Theology of. And we've talked about um, how to live fuller lives by you may, maybe doing less or how to live fuller lives by creating balance. And we've talked about inviting God into the way we rest and inviting God into the way that um, we deal with people and inviting God into our work and into our money and into even our own theology, right? And so the question I have for us today is how do we invite God into this, this dual self? How do we invite God into uh, our physical self? And how do we acknowledge that God is here in our spiritual self? How do we do that? How do we create a balance all right? How does that happen? Most of us, we can't create the balance. Most of us, it's really difficult. You know, um, you guys know Risa Storms. She spoke here a few times. Most of you know her. And um, she tells a story, and I love it. And some of you have heard it. I'm going to tell it again. She talks about going to see the Palace of Versailles. Right? 
So she sees the Palace of Versailles in France. It's beautiful. She gets there and she's like, this is the most beautiful, amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never experienced anything like this before and it's just gorgeous. And her and her husband are newly married and they're seeing it for the first time together. And she's like, I can't even begin to describe this place. It's incredible. And she goes, we got to go inside. We have got to go inside. So newly married, they don't have a lot of money. They're like, we're going to pay, I think it was like 40 euros. We're going to pay 40 euros to go in. They pay 40 euros, they get inside. And Risa was like, there was nothing in there. Literally. It was hallways and rooms. Maybe a rug, maybe a chair. But what was happening on the outside wasn't happening on the inside. And I think that's probably a little bit true for our lives, right? Is it possible that what is happening on our outside in the way we act, in the way we work, in the way we exercise, the way we eat, the way we treat ourselves is everything looks great, but... We do not in any way acknowledge what's going on on our inside. Acknowledge that there's a spirit that dwells within us. And then conversely, I have this friend that I met a few weeks ago. He lives in this city and he told me how he bought a house in this like really difficult part of the city and you know like any good you know like any good gentrifier, you know, he was like I'm going to clean up my neighborhood, you know? So He goes and he sees somebody's house down the block and it's a mess on the outside and so he goes and he starts cleaning it and this neighbor says to him, um, What are you doing? Why are you doing that? And he goes, I thought you needed my help. And he goes, come in my house. Come in my house. This guy comes, goes into the neighbor's house. He's like, it was immaculate. He was like, it was beautiful. It was like handmade furniture, like crazy entertainment center. He was like, it was like out of a magazine. And so the guy says to him, the neighbor says, listen, in this neighborhood, if the outside of your house looks really nice, it means the inside of your house is going to get robbed. So I keep the outside of my house looking this way so the inside will look like this. And he was like, okay, all right. I guess that's logic that makes sense. But I think conversely that happens with us too. You know what? We, uh, we invite the Spirit to come in. We have an, an incredible relationship with God right now. We, we invoke God for everything. We say God is at work in our lives, but it is not reflected in our bodies. It's not reflected in what we're eating, not reflected in the way we take care of it, not reflected in the way that we deal with it. So we're out of balance. We are out of whack. And if we're going to understand a theology of health, we are going to understand that there has to be a balance, okay? So let's go, let's start talking about that, all right? We're going to look at Corinthians. We're going to look at um, uh, this young church, this young, young church that we've talked about before that, you know, they try. God bless them. They don't quite get it right. So... This church of Corinthians, you know, somehow, you know, word has gotten to Paul that they're, you know, they're asking some of the wrong questions, doing some of the wrong things. And so this is what uh, Paul says to them, all right? Paul says this. He says, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Okay, this goes back to our spirit selves, right? The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Now, we've beaten this verse to death. Like, who grew up in the church again? Let me see, let me see some hands. All right, if you, you, this verse was used for everything, right? You wanted candy at the store, and your mom was like, your body's a temple, right? As you got older, you wanted a piercing in a weird spot. Your body's a temple, don't you dare. You wanted to drink, you wanted to smoke. No, you won't, your body's a temple, Whatever the case, this is what we've been told right over and over. Our body's a temple. You know, what's the context behind that, though? Why is Paul saying this to this church at Corinthians? Why would he say this stuff to them? 
We have to go one more. We have to go uh, to, to chapter 10 to, to, to see a little bit more. So Paul says this. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, um, I'm sorry, wrong one. He says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Okay, so this helps us to gain a little bit of context. Well, what's happening here? The Corinthians, they're asking questions, and these are the questions they're asking. They're saying, you know what? We're a new church, but our Greek friends, they have this food that they wanted to feed us, but the food comes from a Greek goddess. Can we eat it? You know? Or, hey, um, we want to drink this wine. This wine's really good wine, but it comes from this region, and in that region, they're not Christ followers, so can we drink the wine, or is that going to kick us out? Or are we going to get kicked out of the church for that? Or like, hey, our Jewish friends, they have this goat, and they want us to eat the goat with them, and it looks great, but it's got a blemish on it. Now, back in the day, I couldn't eat goats with blemishes. Can I eat a goat with a blemish now? Those are the questions that they're being asked. So this is what Paul is hearing. These are the questions that, that Paul's... So Paul's like, you know what? You can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you want. You can do any of that. Feel free to do any of that. But let me ask you a question. Who are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? About a year and a half ago, uh, this, this church planning group uh, came to New York, and they're from uh, another part of the country. And they came to New York. There's about 30 of them. And uh, part of their course, it was like a week-long course, but part of the course was for me and Ryan Phipps, who some of you guys know. He's our executive pastor. Me and Ryan Phipps to go talk to them about our experience. And, uh, you know, they wanted to know about Forefront Brooklyn and about the church and about this and that. And so, uh, so we sit down and we, we start answering questions about Forefront Brooklyn and, oh, this is how the community was started and this is what we did. And, like, offhandedly, like, just in the midst of a question, I said, yeah, well, you know, one time I even told the bartender about our church at the bar I was at. And it was like the screeching record, like, and then like, like hands, like 20 of them were like, and they were like, you told somebody at a bar? And I was like, yeah, I told somebody at a bar. Yes. Were you drinking at the bar? I think I had a beer or two. Yeah. Well, how many did you have? Do you know how many beers you had? I don't remember. It happened like a year ago. Another hand. Listen, were you driving? Because if you were driving, you probably should have gone home and parked the car and then come back later so that nobody would think anything about you. I was like, it's Brooklyn, we don't drive. And he was like, <laughs> these are like the legit questions that I was getting. And then another question, it was like, well, were there drunk people at the bar? Because I don't know if I'd want to tell drunk people about the church because if they're drunk, then they won't really know what the church is all about. So you should probably wait until they're sober and tell them then. And I'm trying to be super diplomatic. I'm like... I'm like, uh, uh, you know, answering questions and trying to be like, you know, well, you know, you have to understand, da-da-da. And Ryan Phipps, if you guys know him, he was just like, everybody stop. Everybody stop. And he goes, listen, is it possible that none of this matters? And everybody was sort of quiet. And then it was really interesting. He was like, are you worshiping social constructs or are you here to worship God? Great question. Are you here to worship social constructs or are you here to worship God? Who are you here to worship? Who are we worshiping? So what does this have to do with health? Well, I think what it has to do is, is it tells us that uh, it get, puts us in a, a certain perspective because 
Like I mentioned earlier, um, we could be exercising 29 times a day, right? We could be eating locally sourced only organic blah, blah, blah that comes from across the street and nowhere else. You know, we could be doing that. We could be taking care of our bodies in ways that are absolutely incredible. But why are we taking care of our bodies that way? Who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping what New York tells us to worship? Because New York tells us that we should eat locally, right? It's a new cool thing to do. New York tells us that we should look this way, that we should wear this thing, do that thing. And that's fine. It's not bad. But I have a question. What perspective are we putting in? Are we worshiping ourselves? I have a friend that says, you know what? I think about my body 9, 10, 11 times a day. I think about God once, maybe twice. I talk to everybody about how much I hate my body, 9, 10, 11 times a day. I don't tell anybody how much I love God. How about our perspective and our body? You know, there's $78 billion spent last year. $78 billion spent last year on ways to improve your body in America alone. They had a, um, this, this product they put on the market, and they put it on the market, and it was a fraud, and they knew it was a fraud. And they put it on the market, and this, this thing was bought. It was a product that would melt fat. It was bought, uh, on average, uh, once every 3.7 seconds until they had to take it off the market and tell everybody it was a fraud. This industry, New York, America, is banking on the fact that we worship ourselves. Banking on the fact that we will worship our bodies. Banking on the fact that we will not like ourselves. And here's what we're saying when we're saying we are, don't care about our bodies. Here's what we're saying when we're saying I'm worrying too much about this. We're saying, God, you're the Holy Spirit and you want to come in this, but I don't like it. And if I don't like it, then you probably don't want to come in it. Then you probably can't use me. Then... I'm probably not worthy of being used because what I'm worshiping is something else. I'm worshiping what other people think of me. And so really, I don't want you to come in until I figure out how to fix this. That's a tough thing. And there are those of us like me. And, you know, I sort of feel pretty good about myself right now because I'm like, well, I just, you know, I told you, like, oh, suckers, you guys work out and do all that stuff and I just said that you're worshiping yourselves and... I don't care about my body, and that's the problem right there. I'm willing to eat a three-foot hero at 1 a.m. I am willing to do that. And oh, man, what am I saying then? Who do I care about then? I'm saying, yeah, there's a spirit that dwells with inside of me, and that's great, but I'm saying that I am much more interested in what I want when I want it at that time. I am much more interested in that. That's what I'm interested in. And so it's a change in perspective. Is it possible that we are worshiping the wrong things? Is it possible that we're worshiping ideologies that have nothing to do with our spirit-breathed self, with a God that is within us? Is that possible? So here's what Paul says. He says, listen, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but I am seeking the good of many. And this is important to me, right? This is an important thing. Because what Paul's saying is like, listen, you are loved. You're loved. Like, you know, know, even if you hate your body and you talk about it in bad ways, you it's, I'm, I still love you. I'm going to come in whether you like it or not. And even though you eat, you know, three foot heroes at one in the morning, 
You're still loved. Like, I still love you. You're still okay. You're still, you know, you have my grace. And even though you, you do all this work and exercise and you look great and there's nothing on the inside, like the palace of Versailles, I still love you. You're still great. But can you change your perspective? Can you pay attention to what you're worshiping? And he says two things, two things that I think are really important. He says, do it for the glory of God and do it for the good of others. That's cool, right? There's like no catch-all here. It's kind of simple, actually. It's pretty practical. What if we just shifted our perspective in the way we treat our bodies, the way the stuff we put into our bodies, the way we exercise? What if we just shifted that perspective away from us, away from what people think of us, away from what people think we should be like, and shifted it to the glory of God and for the good of others? That same friend I was talking about, um, I was talking to him, I don't know, a little while ago, and uh, he said to me, he said, you know what, I, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, goes to the gym often and does all this stuff, and he goes, uh, you know what, I just stopped talking to people about what I think of my body. I just stopped it. He goes, because when I stop talking about it, I'm no longer the most important person. They're more important. And I get to hear about what they're doing. And I get to think about what, what, the ways that I can help them. And instead of thinking about me in the ways that I'm not measuring up, he goes, that is a big change for me. And that's a change in perspective, right? It changes the way we think from saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, hurting and worshiping me to now I'm worshiping God. Now I'm doing things for others. It's small, but it makes all the difference. I think about people who run. You guys, any runners here? Who's running? Who's running? Three of us, sweet. Anyway, <laughs> you guys ever do like a run and then you run for, you know, we, like a 5K, 10K, half marathon, whatever it might be. And one of the cool things that a lot of people in our community have done is when they run, they're like, I'm going to run for something. And they just run for, you know, Ubuntu or they run for Love 146 or Wounded Warrior Project or whatever. And it's this small little thing, right? It's this small tiny thing. It's just a change of perspective, But it's a change of perspective that says, you know what, I worship a God and a God that says do for others. It's a small thing. Can you do these small things, make these small changes? You know what, I'm going to buy locally and I'm going to buy the Brussels sprouts that were grown across the street and all that, and that's great. I'm not going to do it because a bunch of Brooklyn hipsters tell me I should do it. I'm doing it because this actually helps somebody. It gets them to a better place where they are financially. Maybe they were struggling. I'm going to help them for that reason. That's why I make those food choices. Small change of perspective. Who do we worship? Is it us? Or is it the spirit that dwells within us? You know, there's a woman in our community. Her name's Diana Rice, and she's really cool, really incredible. She's a registered uh, dietitian and nutritionist. And I uh, called her a while back when I realized we're going to do this thing on theology of health. And I was like, Diana, what do you think? Like, you know, would you be willing to talk to our people about how to make these choices, these little small shifts, these perspective, you know, these little perspective changes? And uh, and she goes, Yeah. She goes, I'd be more than willing to talk about it. And then she, uh, I said, Well, what's the one thing that you feel like everybody needs to know? I said, What's the one thing that makes sense for everybody? And she goes, We need to know that with every choice we make about our body, everything we say about our body, every food we put into our body. It doesn't only affect us, but it affects everyone around us. And she says, we're either bringing peace to God's kingdom or we're disturbing God's kingdom. She's like, I want to tell people how they can bring peace with every single choice. And I thought that was cool. And so that's what we're going to do.
on July 31st. Mark it on your calendars right after work on a Thursday. Diana is going to come and she's going to tell us how the choices about the way we view our bodies, the way we treat our bodies, and the stuff we put into our bodies will bring peace to God's kingdom. It's a small shift in perspective. But it makes all the difference. 7,500 parts. We're 7,500 parts. We don't even know if that's true or not. There could be more, there could be less. We are intricate and we are amazing and we are so amazing that we have this spirit who says, you know what, you are so amazing that even though I'm giant and infinite and big and awe and wonderful, I'm going to dwell in you because you're good enough. You're perfect. Now I want you to believe me. I want you to worship me. I want you to worship the fact that I every day I'm going to bring that same awe and that same wonder and those same miracles and those same changes to the people around you. Do you believe it? Who are we going to worship? You guys pray with me? God, um, show us grace because I think we struggle the most with what our bodies look like and what they are and what we put into them. We struggle all the time with it because it's... Honestly, God, it's the first thing people see. It's the first impression we make. And so, God, show us the grace that um, the impression that we give others is that the one of you, of, of the one of you dwelling inside us. Give us the courage to do that. And when we don't do it, because we won't, just show us that we are loved regardless. We pray this in your name. Amen.